1: Free dessert for life at HomeChef.com slash locked on. That's HomeChef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. HomeChef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: The Hall of Fame ballot is out and Lucas Smith and I are going to tell you exactly why there should at least be one player voted in this year and why one of them also could be Scott Rowland. That's coming up on today's crossover of the Locked On Reds and Locked On Cardinals podcast. Let's get going.
3: You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You have found the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, super addict of the Cincinnati Reds, like I mentioned today, we're going to be talking a lot about the Hall of Fame class and a couple of guys who should get voted in and including Scott Roland and Lucas Smith from the Locked On Cardinals podcast join me to talk about this and more tomorrow on the podcast we'll talk more about the Reds and Cardinals offseason plans and maybe a little bit about the looming lockout and things like that but today we're focused more on the Hall of Fame idea and we're going to talk a lot about Scott Roland so let's jump right into that conversation.
3: What's up, Reds and Cardinals fans? Got a little crossover for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So before you go out and see your friends and family at at your bar or at your house, listen to, we'll get some baseball talk in for your day. Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds, and I'm Lucas Smith of Locked On Cardinals here with you. Jeff, been a while. Happy offseason, and happy day before Thanksgiving to you as well.
2: Has been a while. The Reds and Cardinals finished up their portion of the season pretty early this year, it felt like. So it's been a while since we talked. Happy Turkey Day, and kind of like you said, Wednesday, I I was like two years ago old when I found out that the day before Thanksgiving is the day that everybody drinks the most in our country. Yeah. And I I was not aware of that, although I can't say I that I – I pick that day to drink more than I drink any other day, so there's that. that, that.
3: <laughs> well, I didn't know. I think I figured out by watching some Jimmy Fallon skit, and like that's how I figured it out. But the day before Thanksgiving, so tonight, uh, my family always goes bowling the day before with a family friend of ours. We call it the Turkey Bowl. Um, so I'll be able to drink <laughs> this year, my first year being able to legally drink. I'm 21 now, uh, so I'll be you know have some beverages tonight, but we'll be bowling and having some, having some fun there. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about drinking some other time. Let's go ahead and get in to some baseball talk. You know, there's obviously the bad news of a possible impending lockout that we'll get into, but we want to kind of focus the discussion on the Hall of Fame ballot that was announced a little bit earlier this week. Uh, lots of newcomers um, and obviously some, some returners. What, what were your initial reactions and initial thoughts before we get, we're going to talk about one player and uh, specifically Scott Rowland uh, spent some time with Cincinnati and obviously time with St. Louis, but what were your thoughts or are your thoughts on the Hall of Fame ballot this year?
2: There should definitely be somebody voted in this year, right? I mean, they did the whole, like, let's not vote anybody in because we're cool last year. So this year I think that there should at least be one. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's definitely a lot of guys that you can make cases for. There's going to be some interesting guys. Like, I'm very curious to see how they approach Alex Rodriguez. um, If they approach him, kind of similarly to the other p- people who were amazing during the steroid era. That mm-hmm. means he's not going to sniff. He'll probably remain on the ballot, but he's not going to sniff right. getting close to being voted in this time around. So I, I'm interested to see how that works out. Cause I know that there's been a lot of changes with different voters and new people coming in old hats, uh, leaving things like that. So that that's really the big one that I'm interested to see. And of course our mutual friend, Mr. Roland absolutely deserves to get in this time.
3: Yeah, I've got I've got some numbers down. I was writing a little bit on, on a post note beforehand with some, you know some real high key stuff here uh, to to share on Scott Rowland. But I do think it's interesting about Alex Rodriguez because not only somebody that was really good during a steroid era, but but somebody who's been, for lack of a better term, caught you know during the steroid era, suspended multiple times. You know, do do they handle him the same or differently than a Barry Bonds, than a Roger Clemens, and these are Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens last year, uh, if I remember, yeah, tenth year for Bonds and Clemens, and tenth year for a good old no controversy man, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> he received seventy one percent of the vote last year. It'd be very fascinating to see. What happens with his vote? What happens with Twitter on the day that vote comes out? Uh, well, let's get, before we get into rolling, we'll, we'll talk about some, some of the first timers. You mentioned Alex Rodriguez, um, also debuting, uh, Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, old NL Central foe, uh, Tim Linksicum, author of Two No Hitters, Justin Morneau, Joe Nathan, David Ortiz, Big Poppy. I think this is the kind of the first real big DH conversation we'll have since Edgar Martinez, Jonathan Papavon, Jake Peavy, A.J. Brzezinski, former Cardinal, which I think I forget about often, that A.J. Brzezinski is a former Cardinal, uh, A. Rod, Jimmy Rollins, and Mark Teixeira. Any of other of those names other than Alex Rodriguez jump out at you on the first-timers?
2: Nothing like crazy, at least not guys that I think are first ballot Hall of Famers. No. Some guys who probably could get in in a few years, um, the Big Poppy conversation for me is very interesting because I felt as though, I, I mean, Edgar Martinez was the most talented designated hitter before Big Poppy. And then I think Big Poppy is the guy when you think of the DH. And it's going to be an interesting topic because moving forward, I believe with these new CBA negotiations, the DH is going to be a thing universally. It's going to be all over the league. It's going to be a position that everybody has. And so this whole, not really disdain, but the trepidation that voters tend to have toward designated hairs because they don't participate in half the game, uh, I think it's going to be challenged with Big Poppy because Big Poppy yeah. himself was quite a personality, still remains a big personality within the sport of baseball. And all that he did for the city of Boston, I think, has to be considered a little bit in here as well. So probably not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but definitely a guy that I think deserves to be in, you know, maybe a year or two.
3: Yeah, I I think for me, you know, a Cardinal follower, someone that David Ortiz did his fair share of damage in October. I have a lot of respect for David for David Ortiz, and you know, we don't want to get I don't want to get too deep into it, but you think about it, you know, designated is pitch, you know, in a way, very similar argument to me as a pitcher, somebody who participates in half the game. And yes, the, the pitcher's been around a lot longer than than the designated hitter, obviously. But I think there is a certain point, as you mentioned, times are changing, and times have been changed for a while, and they will continue to change. It's going to heal all wounds. Uh, I think that the the Hall of Fame is going to have to, the the voters will realize one day that hitting in Major League Baseball is extremely hard. Even when you devote 100% of your time to it, even when you are the full-time designated hitter, it's still incredibly difficult to do and deserves recognition. And you're going to be pretty slim to find somebody that's in the Hall of Fame for their glove more than their bat. Brooks Robinson, Ozzy Smith, probably in that conversation, not that they were bad hitters, you have to be a good hitter to you know at minimum be in the hall of fame but their gloves probably carry them maybe a little maybe a little bit more than their bat ozzy maybe more so but you're you're just going to have a, find a hard time so i think that david ortiz if i if i had to pick one to be a first ballot hall of famer big poppy gets my vote um but but i do think that we're going to see more people get in you mentioned that nobody got in last year hall of fames tend to work better when you have inductees <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i'm and i'm all for making the hall of fame like the top bar and not to vote somebody in just to get somebody in like i i, I get that But you do have to get somebody in, right? Um, So I think that it'll be interesting to see, you know, there there are other balance as well, not just BBWAA.
2: We're going to dive into Scott Rowland's Hall of Fame case here in just a minute. Before I do that, though, I want you to dive into a built Bar. Look, it's Thanksgiving season, and I know that we're going to be eating so much food. Calories don't count because it's a holiday and things like that, but... If you want a little bit of a healthy break, maybe you're tired of eating so much pumpkin pie, reach for a built bar. Built bar is the amazing protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You're going to think that you're eating something sweet and something delicious and tasty because it is, but it's also healthy for you. We're talking like up to 180 calories, up to 18 grams of protein, less than four grams of sugar, and less than four grams of fat. Built bar is amazing, and you can get get a great deal on a built bar today by going to built.com. And using the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Built Bar's got amazing flavors that keep rotating in and out. And all throughout the month of November, they're having a special amount of limited time flavors. And for this Friday, Black Friday, some great sales coming up. Check them out at Bilt.com. And when you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's built.com and the promo code LOCKED15.
3: Uh, but let's go ahead and get into Scott Rowland because Scott Rowland is an interesting case. Longtime Philly Cardinal and a little bit with the Reds. W- what's your elevator pitch for why Scott Rowland should be in the Hall of Fame?
2: I think he did it all. I, when you talk about at the bat, he was a pretty solid hitter all the way through in and, and, and pretty solid almost downplays it too much there. That's the wrong reward choice, but he was always a key contributor in the middle of the lineup for the teams that he played for and on When you're talking about out in the field, few people during his tenure in the league were better at third base. I mean, he was all over the place, constantly making plays, making a lot of web gym type stuff look like routine plays. And mostly with the eye test, when you watch Scott Roland play, you thought this dude is one of the best that's ever done it. Now, you know, you you could definitely say he's not better than Brooks Robinson. He's not better than a lot of the guys at that position, like Mike Schmidt and things like that. But he definitely deserves to be in that conversation. He is not dismissed at all. I think it's interesting that he's had, you know, kind of teetered on the edge, not necessarily of getting kicked off the ballot, but teetered on the edge of getting close enough to be into the Hall of Fame. I I think it just behooves the fact that this year is the year and he's going to make it in because he absolutely has the resume, whether you're talking about postseason success, whether you're talking about regular season success, put this man in already. I mean, like, come on, we've waited long enough. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, I th- yeah, I think that it's just so interesting because when, when you think of Scott Rowland, for at least when I think of Scott Rowland, I think of the defense. Obviously, think a big home run for the Cardinals in the postseason. But let, let's take a look at his voting record because I think a lot of times you have to look at who else is on the ballot on the ballot because who is on the ballot determines a lot about who these voters vote for. You know, if it's somebody's last year that got you know sixty percent of the votes, you might throw a couple more votes their way. To, to get them in because it's their last year on that ballot, right? Is that the way it should be? That's a different philosophical discussion. It's the way it is. But when you look at Scott Rowland's voting record, or on the ballot record, he got 10.2% of the vote in 2018. 2019, he jumped to 17.2%. Two thousand and twenty, thirty five point three 2020, 35.3%. And the most recent ballot, he was 52.9%. And, and there were no no inductees and in the class of 2021, as we've already talked about. So that's a seven point. Uh, increase, 18.1 point increase, and 17.6 increase. So on average, that's 14.2% in case you weren't keeping up at home. So if he keeps on average and keeps a 14.2% increase, that will get him to 67.1% on the edge. So is this Scott Rowland's year? I don't know. It would would have to be an above average year for, for, for the voters process to get him in. And when you look at the other people on this ballot, Kurt Schilling got 71% of the votes last year. That was awfully close. That, that's 4% or yeah, 4% away from getting in. And he was the only one that, that really sniffed it. Barry Bonds was 61, and Roger Clemens as well was 61%. So does them being on their last year, Schilling Bonds and Clemens, get them more votes or less votes? I, I think that if I if I had to say that one guy's going to get in, it's probably going to be Schilling. And again, this is a whole different conversation. But with, with Scott Rowland, I'm putting—I you know, I wonder what Bet Online has on the odds on this. But I think that if I had a, if I were a betting man, I would say that Rowland has a better chance of getting in next year, just with the way the trajectory is going. He's on pace to get in. Like there's there's no question about that. I don't think anybody is going to come on the ballot in the next two or three years to be like, oh yeah, Scott Rowland is going to get zero votes <laughs> and he's <Right>. going to decrease <laughs> the percentage, especially as as time moves on. You, you look at the defensive sabermetrics, the the different metrics that. Some might argue, and statistics might back this up. I've seen things that don't come at me. Some defensive metrics have him better than Derek Jeter. And Derek Jeter was a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest shortstops of all time, the definition of a champion, the captain of New York, and Scott Rowland in certain defensive metrics was better than Jeter. So I think that there's a huge argument on that aspect to have men. And offensively, I don't think it's too hard to say that Scott Rowland, you could argue, was a better hitter than Derek Jeter. But again, that that's a different discussion. But I do think at bare minimum, even if he doesn't get in this year, he's on track to get in.
2: And that's a solid point about the voting trends, kind of breaking that down. I hadn't looked that deep into how the voting had been broken down that way. And I'm totally here for uh, how many times we're going to have to talk about the fact that Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer, and we're going to see. Now, here's what we're going to say about his on-field resume. I'm not really going to talk about anything else, but this is what he did on the field. Yeah, that's we're going to say that a lot. Um, But when I, when I look at that, it's an interesting note that he would have to take quite a jump to get to that threshold of Hall of Fameness. So yes. it, it is interesting because I wonder... And, and, and whatever your take is on this, because when, when I think about the steroid era, mm. that was still baseball. Oh, those guys were still half in the play and I get it. Like they did have a little bit of an unfair advantage with the, with the come up and, and the different recovery processes that kind of got loopholed because of steroids, but the game still flourished. The game still grew right. and fans were coming back to the ballpark to watch these guys I feel like Barry Bonds should make it, man. Like I, I just, I I know that there's that argument. I know that there's lots of people that want to put asterisks on everything. That's fine. Do it. Put asterisks on it. He was amazing in the time that he played, and I'd kind of like to see Roger Clemens in there as well.
3: It, there's definitely an argument for it, and I think the argument for it as a big reason to do is this: you have baseball's all-time hit king, and all-time home run king, not in the Hall of Fame. Right. For two very different reasons, right? Um, but I, And I, I do think that no matter what ballot Bonds gets in on, whether it's his last year at the PBWAA or one of the other election committees, whatever that he gets in, again, like I mentioned at the top, time's going to heal all the wounds. And at some point, you've got to have baseball's all-time home run king in there. Did he cheat? Yes. He, he used steroids, and and, and yes. But at, at the end of the day, it was an error when everybody was using it. Do I want to see him in? I don't know, probably not. I, I, I don't like to reward cheating per se. Uh, but again, it, it's just one of those things that time he's going to be getting eventually. I, I think the same thing about Pete Rose. Um, I, I just think he's going to be in at some point. You
2: know what it is? It'd be like if you go to the National, the Museum of Natural History or whatever, and they omitted the T-Rex. Well, you know, he really kind of <laughs> killed a lot of things. Like he was a real big murderer. We didn't like him very much. Like I get it. You really probably shouldn't have been friends with a T-Rex, but you got to know about them. And if you're talking about the history of baseball and you're taking your son or daughter to the hall of fame and museum and they all of a sudden wonder like, well, who hit the most home runs ever? Well, he's not here. Really? He hit the most home runs ever. and He's not in the hall of fame. And yeah, you can explain the pitfalls of steroids and things like that. But I think that it is something that in a way needs to be celebrated.
3: Yeah, I think that there's a way to do it. And I think that just in anything, whether you're talking about sports history or otherwise, you can't omit the negative just because they don't make it feel great, you know, right. just because it might not feel good to have Barry Bonds in. And again, there could be a middle ground here where you have a Barry Bonds or a steroid exhibit, per se, in the Hall of Fame where you talk about this. Hey, this happened. We're not going oh, to ignore this because it happened. Ignoring it almost makes it worse. So you <laughs> still have to talk about it and then have that part of baseball history because you can't tell the story of baseball. Without talking about the steroid era, you can't tell the story of baseball without talking about Barry Bonds. As painful as that may be for all of us, I'm not trying to be accusatory. Uh, but as painful as that might be, you can't—you you just can't do it. Uh, Barry Bonds needs to be at least in the history books in the conversation of, of one of the best players of all time. And we, we can talk about—we we can talk about the context of what that comes in in the conversation. Um, but you can't just omit him. You know, he, he was a great player before he started getting. <laughs> oddly big we'll say before he started lifting all those weights um Swole. and hitting all those home runs and th- 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 that's what bothers me in, like on a personal level is yeah. that he didn't need those he was no. a dominant player in pittsburgh you know and then that's again that, that's a different discussion i feel like i've said that a thousand times sorry uh but th- no, that, that's no, what bothers no, me no. on a personal level about it is that bonds need didn't need them he was so good on his own uh, roger clemens was so good even at a very young age but these guys for whatever reason felt the need to use them and went with the times and it's a conversation we're being forced to have now about him. It's unfortunate, uh, but, but to circle back to, to Scott Roland, I do think just an interesting point again on the numbers. 14.2 is the average, but the last two have been 17 and a half and 18. So if he got 17 and a half and 18, that could put him right there, and a couple of votes might go his way one way or the other.
2: Lucas and I talk about some Scott Roland memories coming up. Plus, we give our picks for when Roland will be voted into the Hall of Fame. Before we talk about that, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. You can make some cash off your sports knowledge today at BetOnline.ag. Go there, set up your profile, type in the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get an extra 50%. On your initial deposit, it'll it'll add on, and so your bankroll begins even bigger. Go to betonline.ag today. Check out their brand-new interface that's been revamped for basketball season. As college basketball is underway, we had number one versus number two last night in Gonzaga and UCLA. Uh, Gonzaga just absolutely wiped the floor with UCLA. That sucks for Mick Cronin, but it's going to be a great season of betting for basketball and for football. As that continues on, you've also got the NHL, you've got MMA, you've got boxing, and you've got your favorite Vegas casino games. Check them out today at betonline.ag. And when you set up your profile there, remember to type in the promo code LOCKEDON to take advantage of that 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag. That's where the game starts. New game day shirt?
0: Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cashback. Even buying around can earn you cashback when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cashback on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at
3: discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Scott Rowland's is just such an interesting case to me. He's just because I think he's beloved. He's loved in Philadelphia, St. Louis, and Cincinnati. Three of the places that he played most of his career. What's a Scott Roland memory that you have that you remember Scott Roland fondly of in a red uniform?
2: I mean, easily there there were a couple of great uh, playoff performances that he had. That obviously the Reds didn't end up advancing, but there were a couple yeah, of good there games. There were a lot there. of those. <laughs> uh, you
3: have to narrow those down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. The, uh,
2: there were there were a couple of really good regular season games where it was just like all of a sudden. The Reds were in a bind, and they had a couple of runners on base, and you're wondering, how are they going to get out of this jam? And Roland makes an amazing play and either starts a double play or just gets that one quick out that you're like, that changes the complexion of the inning right there. It's something that, I mean, I mean, watch this team over the last couple of years and just the whole idea of, yeah, all right. We'll 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 outscore everybody. We won't necessarily care too much about what's uh, what we're doing on the field as far as defense goes. We'll just hope to score 10 runs or something like that. It it mm-hmm. really makes you appreciate a guy that worked the glove as well as he did.
3: Absolutely. I think it, it it's he's just another one of the great third basemen in the history of the game. And he's one of the great third basemen in Cardinal history. You know, he he was part of the MV3 of him, Edmonds and Pujols. I think it was 2004, 2005 of the MV3. He he had the big postseason heroics in New York in 2006, uh, despite some of the off-field drama there. Uh, I think a memory that that sticks out to me just with with my timeline of of memory for me, because I don't remember 2004. I don't remember watching 2006. I was four and six <laughs> respectively in those. What I remember about Scott Rowland other than watching highlights and being appreciative of him was he was not a catalyst, but he was in the middle of the big brawl of 2010 yeah. uh, between the Reds and the Cardinals. And I think it was was it him and Carpenter that were going at it, I, I think. or uh, you know, He was separating a bunch of players because obviously he still knew a bunch of those guys being shortly removed from that team. But that, that's what I remember. He was trying to, as best he could and as heated as that fight was, from my recollection, you you know, ten year old Lucas remembers him playing pretty well peacekeeper. You might have a better memory of it. But that, that's what I remember of Scott Rowland in a red's uniform. Um, was him in, in that in that brawl. That was a nasty, nasty brawl it ended a guy's career. Um, but but Scott Rowland definitely has m- many more better memories than that one. But I do think that, that that that's my first physical memory watching this on TV, seeing this guy, and I remember, oh yeah, he used to be a Cardinal. And that
2: was indicative of his personality for the team that he was on, whether it was the Cardinals or the Reds or the Phillies. He was a leader in that clubhouse. And I know that that's not really going to play too much into a Hall of Fame vote, but anybody that was on those teams in 2010 and 2012 for the Reds that were really good and won the division and went to the playoffs – They always talked about how key he was in the clubhouse and how much he was a leader and a guy that no matter if you were a rookie or if you were a vet, like I remember Joey Votto talking multiple times about, you know, going over and talking with Scott Rowland about this or that, like Joey Votto was the guy that was talking to him and Joey Votto is the guy. Even yeah, back in the candidate that year. Right. Yeah. I mean, he won in 2010, he was really good in 2012 and he, he kind of dealt with injuries and things like that, but it was always going back to Scott Rowland. he was the guy that everybody kind of leaned on in that locker room. And it was no, it was definitely, um, you know, there was no Reds fan, at least not to my knowledge. There might've been some, but I don't associate with those ones, but that were, that were harping on him for trying to play peacemaker in that uh, police, peacekeeper in that fight. Uh, because there were so many people that were, you know, I mean, you had dusty Baker and Tony La Russa going after it. You had
3: two best buds, best pals. Oh yeah. They love,
2: they love each other. I couldn't believe that. I loved it that they had to face each other in the playoffs this year. Um, right. And coming back in different, completely different circumstances, but, um, yeah, I mean, and you had you know you know you had the craziness of Johnny Cueto getting pushed up against the uh, the net, and he's like kicking people because he's like, "I'm hey, I'm I'm getting like crunched here," and just yeah. all that stuff that was happening, and it speaks really to his character that Scott Rowan was still worried about, like, "Hey guys, let's calm down, let's take it easier," uh-huh. you know, in a more forceful yeah. way. It's not like he was whispering to people there,
3: but yeah. no, there there time is full of good clubhouse guys and good clubhouse leaders, and Scott Rowland would definitely be uh, among the best there. Since we haven't done it yet, let's take a look at his numbers, (laughs) shall we? Uh, His numbers um, across his career. um, He had 2,000, or excuse me, 2,077 hits, at 316 home runs, drove in 1,287 runners batted in, stole 118 bags, 281 the batting average, 364 the on-base, 490 the slugging, 855 the OPS, 122. OPS plus the average for that is 100 122 would be then above average for that. Uh, when you look at his war 70.1, the average hall of famer uh, anywhere from 50 to 70. So definitely on the, the upper echelon of the average there. So a lot of numbers point towards Scott Rowland being a hall of famer, uh, the, the, the defense that the championships as well. So Scott Roland, if it's, if I'm making a final point on it before we move on, I think he gets in in 2023. What do you think? <laughs>
2: I think uh, kind of based on what you were saying, the way that the voting trend has been, 2023 makes sense to me. I just, I don't know. I still feel it. I feel this year. I think he's going to make it this year.
3: Well, that would definitely be a a welcome surprise, or not a surprise, a welcome sight to see, and I wouldn't mind if he was the only one that got in. uh, He might be joined by a couple other uh, individuals in the Cooperstown Hall of Fame in 2022.
2: That's where we're going to stop our conversation today. Tomorrow, we're going to pick it back up by looking at what the Reds and Cardinals are doing this offseason and some news about the CBA that you may have seen. We're going to talk about the looming lockout and things like that as well on tomorrow's Locked On Reds and Locked On Cardinals crossover podcast. Thanks for making us your hashtag first listen of the day. Now go make Locked On Bets your second listen as your boy Q and Lee Sterling help make you some cash at betonline.ag. That's Locked On Bets, just like Locked On Reds and Locked On Cardinals, free and available wherever You get your podcast, but as for today, I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you're following and subscribed wherever you get your podcast and you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's, but that'll do it. We'll talk for, we'll talk to you tomorrow because it's the off season and we're locked on reds every single day.